0: They said he went to school to be an Imam and attended attended a seminary. He said, however, he says that studying history, philosophy, and other subjects opened up his mind to question his faith. Any any person of faith generally questions their faith, I would think. And then history, philosophy, and other subjects are not against. They're not. They're not. It's like once you know about this, all of a sudden your faith is gonna. And they're celebrating that your that that this that this guy's faith is he's his question his faith is now an atheist, and they're celebrating this sort of
1: confusion. Welcome to another scintillating episode of Crossing Phase, the podcast where we have the most fun you can possibly have with religion and politics. My friend J.T. Penna is joining us from upstate New York. York. You're in New York this time. You were in England last week and in uh, the real Vienna Austria not in the not too distant past so you were the, but... the world traveler but the world you my co-host keeps popping up all over the world uh, um, you know making sure he owns his identity as a international man of mystery my name is Matt Hawkins I'm joining you from near Nashville in middle Tennessee where it is still summer number two here. He's sweltering high. It means it means it's late September and it's still ninety in the nineties today. It was like ninety nine yesterday at the at the Nashville airport. So we're like anxiously awaiting some actual real fall temperatures. It, uh-huh. it 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 felt and smelled a little bit like fall, like football season last week in the mornings, but this week it's just like, Nope. We're taking you back to July temperatures right now. So hopefully by the end we're of the week it'll A little more sane. Um, But we wanted to give you some uh, headline commentary from John and I. Um, We're going to hit a little bit on the Queen, a little bit on Ukraine, and then uh, some headlines coming out of uh, NPR about a Pew form uh, study that indicates tracks something that's not necessarily new, um, but some new data indicating that uh, what I would call Christian America um, is waning. Um, and, uh, and the point is being that Christians, people who identify as Christians in America will be a minority by uh, 2050, I think is the. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, just, first of all, it's
1: just nonsense. Well, it's 17 years from now, right? If I'm doing my math right.
0: but anyway, mom, you, really, essentially everybody there's cultural christians and then right. that, yeah it, you know you, you and i have talked about how data works and so that we're going to get into yeah, that i think we'll do a like i said we'll do a ukraine update we'll do a queen update and then get right into christian majority uh is on tr- is on track to end it's such an ominous you know? um so uh queen
1: yes you were in the uk you left before the yeah, you left before the funeral, but you were there for you know some of the, uh, I, I, festivities is the wrong word, but um, some of the pomp and circumstance leading up to uh, the Queen's funeral this week.
0: Right. We, you know, so I have um, the most awarded uh, multi-faith documentary ever, Amen, 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 which is, online, is on PBS uh, currently, and then uh, we've been screening it all over the world. And uh, you know, I, I raised all the funds for it. And then on top of that, uh, consulted on it. Um, and we were doing a screening. Of course it was canceled because of the queen's death. Uh, and my I brought, had brought my mother along with me on that trip because I had lived in London and spent some time over there. So she wanted to be a part of you know, being online and all that other good stuff. And for the, to, for the viewing, um, we, yeah. And we caught the transportation of the queen from point A to point B once she was in town. Um, th- my comments are mostly superficial. I think they're probably the most superficial comments that will ever be made about the queen at this right.
1: point. Um, <clears throat> you know,
0: this is the problem. She passed away in uh, Scotland. And what they should have done is instead of planing her back, they should have put her on the train. And they should have had her uh, by rail go from north to south, so that everybody could, and then so everybody could have come and seen the the body. It done like a like a Lincoln-esque.
1: Situation. Like a I, yeah. I, we, as, as soon as you that. said that, I thought I thought that sounds very Lincoln-esque.
0: Yeah, so they should have done that, and because everybody from the country then was trying to converge in in London, and you know she made this sort of special car with special lights. So once she got to London, they should have done like a loop. You know, they should have just done a, like a loop with her so people could see. Yeah, Because uh, the line, uh, the queue in the line was not, it was run in a very British way.
1: Right. So, I, I love that you, I love that your commentary is basically focused on the logistics. Um, well, and- I'm, I, you
0: know, I'm, I'm a development <laughs> guy, you know what I mean? I'm a mass security so I always think about the, you know, what they were doing. This, this is how crazy the line was. First of all, the the length of the line on the government was as the crow flies, which is ridiculous. So it wasn't the circuitous route. So if it said four miles, it was really 20 miles like this. You know what I mean? So like uh, uh, this this sort of, you know, uh, serpentine situation. Um, And every 20 minutes, they did the changing of the guard, which everything had to stop. And then they did this change of the guard every 20 minutes, which was out of control. And then, then it was in this room, you know, the Westminster room, and, and it had steps going down. They don't know how to show body. And everybody had to go down these steps, and then no one was ushering people through. So there was all these different spaces. There was fumbling between the lines. There was all kinds of stuff between the people, and they really weren't facilitating. And if you look at the videos and you take out the sort of, morning reference oh which is the johnny you know, i'm not bad you look at the at the organization of it and you're going every 20 minutes everything's got to stop for these guys and then on top of that they're not there's nobody saying look everybody needs to go through you need to keep moving so you know do your wave whatever you got to do and then keep it, it just it. so my mother really enjoyed it um i was not uh a fan um and then uh uh, not not a, not a fan of the queen. It's not a fan of waiting online, and not a fan of funerals. It's not my thing. So, um, but my mother was really uh, enjoyed seeing the coronation and the uh, you know the 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 queue and 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 viewing the body that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and you you so you mentioned the screening got canceled. But what is the title of this religion documentary that you uh, contributed to?
0: Amen. 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 So the idea that those three words are in all three Abrahamic faiths. Uh, it celebrates the making of a Torah for a, spe- a special purpose for Sheik Zayed It's never happened in Jewish history, uh, by the flourishing Jewish community in Abu Dhabi to the to to the Sheikh. So that's what it does, and it follows the building or uh, an, an assembly of the uh, Torah and then delivery to to the Sheikh. So that's that's what it is. And it's on PBS. We so can put links on.
1: Yeah, we'll drop links in the show notes right now, like as sure. I speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I got uh, so you can put "Amen." The film is the website, and then the link to PBS is there, so you can see the fifty-minute um, uh, film, or you can also see the trailer. And it's just, I got savaged by my Palestinian friends. They 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 shut me down and said we can't be friends with you anymore because this is uh, Israeli propaganda and it's funded privately. And it was funded by multi faith people, and by and it, the and the whole thing was. It was conceived by Tom Gallagher, who's uh, who's the founder of the Religion Media Company, and yeah. it was conceived of by him, who's Catholic, and like a super Catholic, like he was um, who was the lady uh, the lady in that, in India the the saint what was her name, the the nun uh,
1: yeah 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 Mother Teresa,
0: Mother Teresa he he was like the the head of that foundation the Mother Teresa Foundation. So as Catholic and a Muslim doing this, celebrating this multi-faith thing, and then uh the Palestinians freaked out. Like I, was, I have two, two friends that aren't friends anymore. And uh and it, it just doesn't make any sense because we can't sell it's like we can't celebrate any multi faith wins. It's like we always gotta like be down in the trenches fighting. And this is a really it's a flourishing Jewish community in a Muslim country. Yeah.
1: Like, come on. like mean, right. this, this is the win. And yeah. you know, I'm I don't know, Agree with the UAE
0: government on a lot of stuff. I should say a lot of stuff, but some core things. But uh, you know, I can't I, I can't. I, 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 you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. There's this. this they're, they're they're really addressing the multi their multi faith agenda. Although it's within, although it's within um, some lines. The idea is is that uh, you know they they really are doing some really really neat stuff.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you have a situation where you have a a minority religious faith um, with a community that appears to be flourishing in a in a country where it's not dominant, that seems to be an interesting story to tell, right?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, like this. This. Is you don't thing. have to. You don't have. You don't
1: have to be a propaganda arm of a particular faith group or a, a nation to like tell that story. Just
0: always go sideways, and, and like I said, I'm not a fan. I mean, of all parties participating, it, you know, I've never pandered to one or the other. And in this case, we're not, it's, it's, it's not a, like an Israeli movement. And this predates the Abrahamic Accords. So this was already on the move prior to the Abrahamic Accords. So even the, I have uh, some of the Dem friends of mine are saying, wow, you're pandering to Kushner and, and Trump and all that. Is, is, it, is it just is is it just whatever you think and feel at the time so uh i said let's just look at it for substantively you know so uh like 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 the queen's death you know i'm not going to weigh in on colonialism i'm not going to weigh in on the monarchy i'm not going to weigh in on any of this stuff i i'm not a fan of the monarchy but you know this you know there's 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 good and bad in what's going on with the queen and i think that you know, we, we need to start looking at certain things. Like if you don't, you graduate, if you graduate from college and you don't celebrate the graduation, you just kind of move on, you gotta kind of celebrate milestones. And this is a milestone in many different ways. It's a transition of power. There's a whole different, whole different way in which the monarchy could be run. Um, The kids, the princes, you know, I mean, they should be doing something with this, something productive with this. I mean, I heard that one of the sons got a billion dollar estate. It costs a hundred million dollars to run the monarchy annually. Meanwhile, Brits can't 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 fuel their homes for heat. Um so maybe you know, maybe maybe they should these these guys got an opportunity to do something really amazing. And we shouldn't just beat them up on their grandmother. But I really don't know. I really don't know. And the same thing with this Amen and amen and It's like come on, it's a multi freak win. I mean I, yeah. You know we have a, Jew, a flourishing jewish community it's a fact a flourishing uh, christian community it's a fact in a muslim country and it, it it contradicts a lot of the narratives that are out there in the media about muslims in the middle east and the kingdom did it um it's happening because of them um yeah. and uh and yes there might be some issues in the in the with the, with the community i mean particularly how they interact with the shia community you know, but that's an intrafake issue, and I have, you know, I've worked on that quite a bit with the UAE government. Um, but I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna bruise them on everything they do just because we're working on other issues.
1: Right. I mean, there there has to be you know, there has to be some affirmation where people are getting stuff right occasionally, right? Then why do you do it? Um, then
0: why would you why would you do it if it's, there's no, you know, if, you, if there's if, no way in which you can confirm that something is happening and is real and is positive? then what, what why you know, we should just all you know pander to our crews right
1: yeah i mean if there's if there's if it's always stick and no carrot then that that's gonna bring about diminishing returns too so you like you gotta <clears throat> now as long as the you know af- you know being affirmative and and saying good things about something doesn't um silence right the uh, the opportunity for critique um that that would be an error in the opposite direction but you know only saying, wait, waiting to say good things only when something is perfect, right? Um, that that's a that's a shortcut to no progress at all. And sure. uh, I think I think you're right to point that out in both spheres, both related to the monarch and re- related to, uh, uh, say, the UAE. Um, well,
0: and I think this is the key point. I'm very critical in the religious freedom movement. You know, you and yeah, I, sure. freedom to believe, freedom to choose, freedom to change or not believe. We're advocates for that. Um, regardless of our faith practices. And I have been very critical of the International, legi- of the international Religious Freedom Committee in the last 25 years because we're at the worst religious freedom we've ever been. Um, and I'm critical about the NGOs and elders of that movement. And I always say this or try to squeeze it in there. <laughs> the, the, you know, because they, they were supposed to be stewarding this and it's at the worst it's ever been. So we need to get rid of our elders and we need to get rid of those NGOs. But, um,
1: well, they are facing some pretty, pretty strong headwinds uh, we're not, to we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, people we're and, and nations uh, abjectly uh, or, or, you know, solidified in a, an opposition to religious freedom. So uh, well, that's, but a third. that's a conversation we have, for another time.
0: We have ineffective, we have ineffective leaders. But, but, but here's the thing. The cool thing about this is that is, essentially this has happened in the UAE with all new players. Right. All new players. So, like, it's not like this rabbi, rabbi Sarna is like some religious freedom advocate, you know, in 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 that in that in that camp. This has all happened by people, faith, faith communities from the ground up in that country, and we're talking about Muslim, Christian, and and uh, and and Jewish communities, and they've done this all on their own, and that's that's what's profound about this. This is like an organic movement within a Muslim country that's happened, and so. That that should be celebrated. Um, so I think that, uh, uh, but yeah, anybody can watch it. It's on. There's, we have given you the website, and anybody wants to do a screening, we're happy to do it and uh, and figure it out. But let's we've got the, the bit. Our headliner is Christian majority is on track to end.
1: Yep. Hey, did did you want to say a couple things about Ukraine before we get get into that or not? Ah, uh, I mean anything dramatic any any change dramatic enough I, we we've been watching in the recent couple of weeks uh ukraine seems to have made a push uh with some significant ground wins, um but uh russia doesn't seem to be discouraged uh seem to be still playing out a long game what's what's your uh what's your update review of the situation i,
0: mean, I get hammered online all the time for, for communicating about this stuff because everybody thinks i'm like pro-russia but i'm just kind of like speaking the facts Just speak plainly like look what just because there's a phrase in russian it's just because one flower has blossomed doesn't mean spring has sprung the problem is that the russian gains are massive this win is very small the real estate is very small this is a special operation from the government from the from the russian uh, the russian side they haven't mobilized their their military fully on this okay and so because it's a special operation and that's all he has to do to roll over um, the Ukraine, if they really want to do this, I think the problem is is that is that the wins, the gains that are in the Ukraine right now. I um, think everybody's the news is like that's it, and Putin's got trouble, and this is what's going on. You know, Putin's got all the time in the world in, the, in theater, you know. And what we're doing is supplying weapons and everything else is great, but a lot of that, better than seventy percent of the funds that we that we supply to Ukraine goes to U.S. contractors to replace old and antiquated stuff that we're flowing that we're floating over to, to, uh, to the Ukraine. So I think it's very, very difficult to turn around and say, all right, this wind shows a turn is a turn in the war. It's it's a Gettysburg. It's not a Gettysburg They're fighting and doing their grind and tactically, this is the thing. The Russians do this, they give something up and then hit you somewhere else with a thrust. So they, they, that's, a, that's a typical tactic in World War II. It's a typical hmm. tactic all the way through to present day and how they operate. They feign a loss. They let you take uh, and, and, then, and dig in somewhere and then re-engage you somewhere else while they're hammering you and while you're thrusting into an area. And then Interesting. the famous Russian encirclement, right? So they get you to engage, get you to commit forces, and they encircle. So this is a very, very... Um, and, and the encirclement is not part of this. I don't think that would be part of this, but this is something they'll give up a, an immediate win for, uh, to give something immediately for a win for you guys for the enemy. And then they've got something else cooking, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what's going on. Like they, they've got this whole drone thing going on. So they've got this on arms, like that drone, uh, um, mass drone attacks. They're going to start, start hitting with that and some cyber stuff um, as well as they are mobilizing their reserves and they've got all this ordinance that they're ready to move over the board and 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 they're annexing stuff at the same time which causes a huge geopolitical problem for that area because what what's foreign territory what's foreign territory what's concrete territory what's actual um, uh uh you know what are what what are borders um you know and then and then so there's a lot of things kind of floating around there and i just think that these immediate wins—it's like it's like that. Can we just step out of the propaganda machine for a minute and just say, "Hey, the Ukrainians are running out of dudes." Right? Mean, let's just start off with that. Yeah, and that—that's that's a person power problem. You know, um, the suicide rate of Ukrainian soldiers is high. It's really? a big problem. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I've been dealing with with that, uh, and and we're talking like somewhere around eighteen percent. That's huge. And it's that's, a huge number. Yeah. That's- you know so so and no one's talking about that because we want to talk about propaganda well if you want the ukrainians to win then you got to talk about these talk about with specificity how to uh, maintain an, an effective fighting force and and no one's talking about that because everybody wants to say oh the russians are over with it's like you know much, much real estate the russians the russians lost so much real estate in world from operation barbarossa in world war ii they lost 18 million people in world war ii they're prepared right. to on um, Take, uh, the, the allies total was 535,000 535, people. So just to give you a little perspective. So I, I think that it's too early to start ringing the bells about victory. And I think we just, the problem is is that you need to cut to speak about the issues. And yeah. if you really want the Ukraine to win um, in the same respect, Russia's not going anywhere. So how, what does a peace look like?
1: Yeah. And you really don't know how a particular, um, uh, Battle win or skirmish or um, retaking of territory. you don't really don't know how that has affected uh, the trajectory of a war until well after, right? Um, they didn't necessarily know that Gettysburg was a, a as as much of a linchpin as it as you would figure out later uh, it it would be. so. Uh, no, we're thank, thanks thanks for you. keeping an eye on on that situation and, and uh, giving us a little insight to that. But you saw a headline from uh, NPR uh, about right, right. a Pew Research.
0: fun at you all the time. You know, like people always say in our social media, the, you know, two guys are talking who really hate each other and want each other to, to die or something. I don't know. We always hear <laughs> things, which is so untrue. But that's not true.
1: It's so it's so untrue.
0: Yeah. Like, why would, why would I mean, first of all, you and I are friends and colleagues and and. It, you know, like your faith doesn't I don't I have no I don't feel any imminent uh or existential threat from Christianity and and then I have to, you know, you know, figure out what's going on. But every time every once in a while I poke you, poke funny. This is one of those good ones because it says America's Christian majority is on track to end. Yeah. You know, I thought it was interesting because first of all, it it, it cites the Pew research, which you and I go back and forth on research. First of all, we're for data and we're not for anecdotes. Uh, although practical experience does does have weight, yours and my experience.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and so uh, we, but we do have, they do cite quite a bit of information here about religiously unaffiliated and that sort of thing. And you and I entered into this conversation so I, and we were chatting a little bit beforehand and I'm going, well, I mean, it, it almost doesn't, it's like celebrating this idea of being unaffiliated and celebrating this idea of, of moving away from organized religion. But in our experience, at least my experience, it doesn't matter because you're culturally, if you're culturally Christian or culturally Muslim or culturally whatever, it, it still doesn't change the mindset. But you made a really good point about, if even if this is happening, there's there's something extraordinary happening with Christian nationalism. So, you know, like, and that's that's a, a, big, a huge, huge, a huge point that I think you're uniquely, you know, uh, adept at speaking on. I mean, we all yeah. are. certainly everybody. You know what the strength of this movement firsthand. You know what's going on, and
1: so, well, yeah.
0: What's going on here? What's, so, what's the, how- so the
1: basic the basic trend line from Pew, and this is again a little of this is a surprise. Um, they're the it, The report is kind of about the trajectory. Like, if things continue as they are, uh, at what point do do does a, an American do American Christians cease to be the majority? Uh, and it's upon rapid decline. It's from ninety percent in nineteen seventy two to sixty four percent two years ago uh, in twenty twenty. So you have you know twenty six percent decline in you know thirty forty years and so that that if that trend drops uh continues to drop basically pew uh kind gives it like four different trajectories basically like a let's assume nobody switches from Christianity at all for the next you know 30 years um uh, versus like what if a ton of people like what if the trend line is dr- more dramatic right and so you have like either uh, by 2070 35% or at its best 54% if like nobody if nothing changes um so, with and then kind of the uh, the the more moderate anticipation is like by twenty seventy, it's gonna be either forty, like somewhere between like maybe forty six percent to thirty nine percent. Either way, uh, it becomes a minority. Um, but again, like you point out, uh, this is something of a difference between those who are culturally Christian, uh, because of America's, uh, Christian heritage, um, as a, as a culture, um, versus people who are, uh, trying to live their lives, um, very intentionally day to day as a result of their theology, uh, and, and their church practice. Uh, and I think frankly that that number is already well into the minority, uh, if that makes sense, even though, uh, when um, you, you, you poll people, people say, yeah, we're, we're Christian. Um, uh, that's, that is a lot of that. Um, I don't think this this data really... Uh, it, it associates religious identity, what do people claim, um, but doesn't really get into, you know, how people are living out their daily theology.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, most the majority of America is Even if this was to happen, I don't think there would be any sort of big shift in how people looked at faith driving decision making, if you are a devout Abraham, from a devout Abrahamic faith, and any yeah. any and you look at the larger faith community, you know, very similar principles. The application is very different. So if you're talking about Baha'is or Buddhists and so forth, so but you know the the, the article, the thing I throw out that that sort of they highlight certain people and one of the one of them, they, they they highlight this gentleman who was uh grew up a muslim they said went to school to be an imam and attended attended a seminary he said however he says that studying history philosophy and other subjects opened up his mind to question his faith you
1: mm-hmm. know and
0: and i just find that as a funny statement because any any person of faith generally questions their faith i would think and then these maybe subjects like history philosophy and other subjects are not against they're not they're not. It's like once you know about this, all of a sudden your faith is gonna. And they're celebrating that your that that this that this guy's faith is he's he's questioning faith is now an atheist identifies as an atheist. Yeah. And, and they're celebrating this sort of confusion. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and this idea where he's questioning who he is as a person, you know, and without and and isolating religion as a factor, like it's a celebratory thing. Well, he's jettisoned this because that's the reason why. He, yeah. you know, uh, he's learned so much about the world, so therefore he's going to question. There's plenty of people of faith that that know about history. I mean, I was a history major. I, I, I've yeah. taught history, philosophy, and so forth. And I, I do question my faith quite a bit. I question, but I question everybody's faith because I think you need to be judicious about what's yeah. going on, especially when things are happening around you. Right. Um But I think this article is very. Str- it's very strange to do that uh, as as a celebratory thing. Um, I'm not saying that you denounce it, uh, um, but it, but to turn around and be like, uh, it, it seems like a very celebratory article about moving away from organized religion and yeah. making sure that you know saying that if you're gonna if you're gonna investigate these things, you know you might turn out like this guy happy and an atheist, right. you know like there's no problem. Yeah, right. I, right, you
1: know, sure. Like, you know? Yeah, but I, no, I think I, I think you're right. It's you indicated it's kind of a weird thing to seem to celebrate uh, is is a kind of a, a, a uh, entering into um, a place that uh, you know apart from um, you know. Doctrine, you know, a solid doctrine, really. Um, but and I, I think uh, I think a lot of people in a lot of faiths do question their faith, but I was having a related conversation with a handful of Christian dads just last week, and uh, a lot of the a lot of time we spent was you know how do you set your kids up well to be able to both reconcile you know their faith uh, and continue to believe that it's credible while also um, getting exposed to other world philosophies and religions um, that are going to conflict. Uh, with the faith and uh, how do you set up folks? How do you, you know, youth in particular to navigate? Because if you if all they hear uh, through up through high school, I've seen it a bazillion times. Even going into a you know a quote unquote Christian college, um, if uh, if kids are overprotected and are not exposed at you know a reasonable age to uh, different philosophies and worldviews, then once they go out into the world, uh, particularly college age, um, all of a sudden they're, they're just they're going to get rocked. Um, and, uh, their, their kind of worldview and their understanding of the world is just going to get, you know, turn around and, uh, they're going to do any number of things, either leave the faith or disengage from organized, you know, organized religious life, these, you know, the nuns, um, and, uh, and, you know, unless you're trained and taught to, you know, um, you know, Revisit and reevaluate your faith uh, over a period of time, and and continue that education and search. You know, I think you're setting yourself up for you know, uh, some like you say, kind of this weird celebration of um, of kind of a no a no man's faith space. Um, you know, one one of the things that cu- a couples the decline of Christianity, people seem to be opting out of organized religion, um, but they're claiming the quote nuns category, which doesn't Say doesn't indicate they don't believe in God anymore uh, or don't even believe in a particular faith, but they're kind of opting out of organized religion, Uh, and that's been the trend line for a long time. Uh, And then I I know some of you, you probably know some of the same people, the kind of atheist lobbyist. Activist types like to claim the nuns for themselves, um, which the data does not necessarily support. It's there yeah. tends to be a big difference between people who are opting out of organized religion, uh, but then actually claiming the atheist title is something different. Um, and so I kind of like to make, make sure our atheist friends are are, are candid about that uh, about that data point. Nevertheless, um, it doesn't mean that Christians in America. Uh, uh, shouldn't take notice of these particular trends. Well,
0: you know this article. They don't talk to any real, uh, you know, they're, they're not talking to people that this article is about. So they right. talk like, from the LDS, which is um, uh, the Latter Day Saints, right? So they talk to somebody on that, and then they talk to a Muslim who's left his religion.
1: Yeah.
0: And but the title of this is, you know, is America's majority is on track? For three right. Years. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I have this conversation. So I have a conversation with an imam that's in the UAE who, like everybody talks to online, says, oh, is it OK to do this in Islam? Is it OK to do that in Islam? And he gives, you know, sort of his opinion based on being a scholar and everything else. And and my critique of him is it's very easy for you to say that because you're in the UAE. Right.
1: right? Yeah.
0: It's it's much harder to maintain faith in a country where you don't have the azani prayer, every day. You know, yeah. we we do have call to prayer every day, but it's bells, it's church bells, right? And yeah. and um, but this guy, this Muslim who left, it's like, of of course, he's in America. He's gonna he's gonna go through this period of trying to figure out where he fits in as a minority, and it's gonna be and it's gonna be difficult. And that factor is not put in here. That it basically says because he went to ed, he, because he went to, he went to school and learned about history and philosophy, it, it, it basically said religion's ridiculous, right? And sure. he, Right, the quote is really interesting the quote is which, which is an
1: interesting, as, as someone who, as someone who got a philosophy degree uh, from a secular institution, a state a state university in George Mason, uh, in Fairfax, Virginia, I went into a secular philosophy program because of my faith, right? Because I wanted to learn about other worldviews, but I didn't go in there and then get like sideswiped <laughs> by, well,
0: oh my well, goodness, goodness. I-
1: I'd never heard of this stuff before.
0: I taught philosophy. I teach philosophy teaches you how to ask questions, and then and then faith gives you answers. You know, I don't even say religion; I say faith, right? So, so, but it's really interesting that the process of leaving, of leaving my leaving the faith for me was kind of torturous. All right, this is the Muslim talk, and he says, "But I, I look back at my experience leaving of leaving my faith as as something generally productive and positive. In fact, I'd say I'd say it remains the formative uh, formative." the formative experience in my life and gave me new sense of direction. So I look back on it fondly. That's the quote. That's that's the quote for yeah. from a Muslim on, on an article that says, America's Christian majority is on track to end. Yeah,
1: yeah. That what, yeah I, I I what you're teasing out here is pretty remarkable. I think it says it says more about NPR than it does the Pew research in that NPR's coverage. Of a report about declining Christian America, their two anecdotal interviews are a, not a Christian, a Muslim who's less of the Muslim faith, and b, with all due respect to uh, our LDS friends, um, they interview someone from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which is uh, Mormonism, and that is in, in in very few circles. I think even within uh, LDS circles, not considered you know, little O Orthodox Christian faith. So you have <laughs> NPR reporting on majority Christian America, and they, they interview they interview a couple of folks as as their anecdotes. Pleasant people, I'm sure, and their, is, their stories are interesting, but has very little to do um, with the actual data that, 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 oh, that it, Pew's that putting question. forward.
0: Even if, you know, LDS is, I think, you know, I think the pantheon of, of Christianity. I know that they're not, it's not mainstream. Um, and I, that might be a hate crime saying that, but it's not, you know, Catholicism or Protestantism in that sense of, right. And so they, they, they they veered away from speaking to mainstream faith groups that are relic that are related to the title of this article. And, and really it's come out as sort of like an anti-Muslim and anti- you know LDS article, and it's right. you know really, and, and I think it's irresponsible, and I yeah. think also uh, kind of it shows that NPR. I don't know, do they hate the LDS? Do they hate Muslims? I mean, that's that that, 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 that would be my question. It's like why would you do it? Because here's the thing. Yeah, like, I I think it's it's just a
1: it's a religious illiteracy. Like yeah. I I think I think uh, regardless of your other outlets, um, you know maybe some you know, even mainstream places like maybe CNN or uh, certainly Religion News Service or, uh, you know, Get Religion, uh, you would have had, a, uh, you would have had like interviews that would have matched more up with the data. Uh, and so, I you know, exactly. me, I, I,
0: I, that, I, you know, someone was to say, yeah, I left the religion. This is why, you know,
1: I, I'm really hesitant to uh, attribute uh, mo- motives to folks, even in media and even in secular media. Uh, but I, I, I read the NPR piece as just kind of like one, kind of one more example of a religious, um, uh, religious illiteracy, um, because, like you said, like. He, he, you know, even if you're going to interview an LDS uh, person, um, and you know, I not to say LDS, the LDS folks are not going to be um, affected by this trend. Uh, they clearly are, but you're you're not interviewing anybody that's particularly representative of the data that. Pew Research is putting forth, um, and there seems to be a disconnect and, and kind of an assumption that uh, all religious people and, and, and anything with the name Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> in the title of a denomination or a, or a faith uh, reflects, you know, what's going on here. Um, we, we're kind of running out of time, but I do think, you know, given this data, which again is not news, uh, it's tra- this has been a trend line since the 70s um, yeah. about a decline in Christian America it is interesting to see an uptick in popularity um, or at least, I say popularity uptick in in rhetoric and organization around this thing called um, Christian nationalism which uh, even if I agreed with the historic assessment um, and commitment convictions of uh, of Christian nationalism seems a really weird time to try to assert that um, when when you're own just pragmatically speaking I have theological objections to Christian nationalism but just as a pragmatic <laughs> uh assessment of the situation seems a really kind of odd time to try to um put forth um kind of a basically a, a world view and a political view where where Christianity should be a dominant uh kind of a, a making an argument a normative argument that Christianity should be uh the reigning uh culture and um uh, a kind of a, a you know frankly um you know, a, a higher degree of citizenship than all non Christians. Um, I'm, I'm not not doing justice to the assertions of uh, of Christian nationalism there, but it seems a really weird time to try to assert that.
0: Yeah, and the thing this this research that Pew did is not, it's not, it's not superficial. It is. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, if you if you click into any of the pieces. Yeah. Um, uh, where where any of the data? I mean, you can go U.S. It says U.S. Christians projected to be below fifty percent of population. Then it, it, it goes into, you know most immigrants are Christian. You know, it, it gets into this. It's like really into the weeds. If switching continues at the most at the most rates, Christians will, will lose their majority by twenty sixty. I mean, there's so much data in here to pine through that I think in a five hundred word, and I think this is less than that, but maybe it's 500 words. It's this article. I think it's even more important that you get some Christians in here from the intrafaith diverse Christian community yep. in here, instead of talking bringing some Muslim from Stanford University. He says, "Wow," and it's like, like "Well, this, this you know that might be good for this guy, but it doesn't make any sense to place him in this article." Um, although you know, I. Like, you know, like, it, it seems just be very, very odd. And then, um, and he has nothing to say about Christianity whatsoever. And this whole report is on.
1: Right. It, Does it now, fit the headline? It fits neither. The the interviews fit neither the headline nor the data. Anyway, yes, uh, I think it, I think we've covered that. So,
0: but anyway, <laughs> what, time, what, what, what? John,
1: John, what, what's on the menu at at your cafe this week? What you have a, a donut of the week?
0: So it's uh. You'll appreciate this. This is a a maple bacon donut.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah. That would go over real well here in Middle Tennessee. For
0: and sure. uh, yeah, that's number one. And then today is, is we do chicken and donuts like on Yeah.
1: Now is it is it halal bacon? No, nah. John.
0: Nah. <laughs> nah, like this is a blue collar town. If you did that, um, they would burn burn us down. And it anyway, would you know, anyway, you know like, there's no turkey bacon. I don't even think I don't, I mean, it might exist in this town, but I don't think anybody would admit to having such a thing
1: right yeah 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 turkey so, uh, just haven't won me over with the turkey bacon I like turkey sausage I actually kind of prefer that turkey sausage down here is actually pretty decent but like yeah. the turkey bacon just doesn't just doesn't work I, I,
0: I wouldn't be able to pawn that off on anybody and every and, and admittedly I'm sort of a jet like a gentleman baker now like I've got <laughs> my partner kind of runs the runs a show and I kind of come out every once in a while and stands on you know the veranda and look out <laughs> and, you know think about the empire that I've built. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but i built but every once in a while i come in to bake or I do this and you know and uh and i have a lot of phrases that everybody wants to start a, they're, they're they're thinking about starting a TikTok about the, the, the johnny p and, and and all the things that i say apparently what i say is funny and yes. i don't know yes, it. It is. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, you know, like I've, I've instituted all this. Uh, we, we've been chatting. We talk about policies because they're because we're starting to get staff and everything else, and, and uh, we were just chatting about, st- about you know re- reporting things. And I go, well, you know, if there's anything you need to report, it's in February. That's when all the reporting happens. So, but if you missed February. You got to wait till next year. Um, otherwise, we don't want to hear anything. You know, any complaints. You know what I mean? Or anything else? Because we set the time for February um it's, it's for about 20 minutes in february you have that's when you can submit all your suggestions and so uh and, and, and you know so we have all these things and apparently that's funny but i i just you know just we're not splitting the atom we're not doing god's work here we're just making donuts you know like, you're like what, what's 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 the issue you know what could possibly be and we talk so much there's theres you know everything happens in semi-real time but uh but, anyways, we got the, the it's, it, we're gonna have bacon and we're gonna, we have maple and we'll do maple m- through most of the autumn, most of the fall. And then, but put, we'll put bacon and we do we have a Butterfinger, which is the fresh hot. Oh, nice. Uh, butterfinger donut.
1: I'd go for that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, and then chicken and donuts for cranking chicken and donuts. And i right. I, there's been an impassioned plea by the Jewish community for me. I used to be, I, I used to have, I used to make bread like you know, quite regularly. Yeah. And so, in in my old business, and so they asked me to make challah bread. So yeah, I yeah sure. A few loaves, and I'm going to bring it over to the temple, and then uh, and see if the, if it's you know if it's I, up, to stand, I'm not.
1: up to standard. yeah.
0: <clears throat> but it's a lot to make because you got to do the braiding and, and
1: right. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah.
0: And so I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make the challah bread because apparently there's not a really good um, Jewish baker in the Hudson Valley. So. Um, and I'm I'm saying that I'm that's a quote. So I'm not I I'm not yeah sad. yeah sure. I can't make a judgment. <laughs> you're, 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 right.
1: not, not intended on offending everybody. It's, right, it's that's what you hear. Right.
0: <laughs> I have no idea if that's true enough. But um, we are a bakery and we can make bread bread. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Um, and that my uh, my 911 speech or uh, 911 talk is online. And I'll, oh great! I'll send that link. I'm curious. To see what you, you know, what's your your take on, you know, the multi-faith um, grassroots stuff. And we spoke about that last, last our last talk. And I'm kind of excited uh, to get back into sort of like a scrappy grassroots, um, you know, interaction on the multi-faith space. Because, you yeah, know, we are sure. so used to like swimming in D.C. and all these right. different
1: yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's a different so different different sphere of work to be sure well this has been crossing phase my friend John Pennant from Upstate New York I'm coming to you from Middle Tennessee uh, we uh, would love to hear your comments uh, we're on all the social medias uh, well Twitter and Facebook anyway and uh, available at crossingphase.com um, please kindly uh, rate and review us in the iTunes podcast space this has been crossing Thanks. phase see you John Thank you so much yep yeah.